New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right. Sad Brad Foe show, uh, but I think it's a worthy one, certainly. Uh, I'm here with Phil Stacy, sports editor of the Salem News, who I've always wanted to do a podcast with. Really? Back in Back in 1992, when we were both at the Salem News, I said, yeah. someday. We will do, <laughs> you had the foresight, huh? We will do, a, we'll do something called a podcast. But uh, fortunately and unfortunately, we're getting together today to talk about Pete Frades, who, yes. as we taped this, it was uh, he passed. Pete passed away, and, and I think most people are familiar with Pete. Obviously, um, I think when C. Buckley tweeted out the news of it, he said the most. I, I'm paraphrasing now. He's maybe the most impactful Boston athlete yeah. ever. Yeah. And you know, you think about it, Phil, and it's it, and you've known Pete for how long? I mean. Pete uh, was 34. He would have been 35 a few days after Christmas. And, you know, I've known Pete at least half his life since he was a, a ball player here in, in, in Beverly, where we are yeah. now. But even before then, you know, I, I knew the Frady's family. You know, Pete was a, obviously a Little League star, and he was just, you know, his name was always out there um, yeah. as a, a star athlete and somebody who just uh, seemed to draw people to him because of his – he just had that it, that personality that drove other people to him, and and uh, he he was a great friend. He was a leader. He was somebody you followed into battle, so to speak. So uh, yeah, I known Pete for a long time. I mean, when you so Phil, you're from Beverly, yes. you know, and uh, sports out of the Salem News, and longtime sports out of the Salem News. It's weird to say that. Long it is. Time. It is. Feels like yeah. yesterday. I know. We're young men. So we are. Like we are. We are young men. It's uh, the, the scally cap that you wear always makes you look younger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my kids say I look like a robber when I wear that <laughs> thing. Said I wish I wouldn't be working here. <laughs> uh, but you know, growing up, and you're a Beverly guy, and and. When you have an athlete like Pete was, 
when he's growing up, you, you know that this kid's on the radar. There's not a lot of, you know, kids who go play baseball at an ACC school, you know. Right. Well, so, the fact, too, that he was a, a three-sport athlete, which is becoming increasingly rare at the high school mm-hmm. level, but that he did it at a school like St. John's Prep, mm-hmm. which, you know, for anyone who follows scholastic sports – you know the, the Catholic Conference is generally regarded as as kind of the de facto best. Yeah, they league probably in the state. don't have hardly any three sport athletes. No, right? no, certainly because, at, in not this at age that of level. specialization, yeah. not really. I mean, you have two sport athletes, but Pete was, and, and you know, it's easy to say now that he's not here, but he really was a star in all three sports. I mean, I think people forget what a great football player Pete was. Tough as nails. I mean. He could knock the shit out of guys, mm-hmm. you know, with a hit. And, you know, that was just how he played, and everybody rallied around him. And in hockey, he was a defenseman that was not uh, out there to be pretty. In fact, I love to break his balls about, uh, you know, how he couldn't skate, you know, later on when <laughs> um, we would joke about it. But, you know, he was out there, clear the front of the net and keep the other team from scoring. And we all have heard about what he can do in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any – you would know better than I – when he went to BC, when he went to play baseball mm-hmm. in college, was there any thought of playing any of these other other sports, or was baseball his thing? I think baseball was always his first love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if he could have played Division One college hockey, yeah. or football, but baseball clearly was uh, something that he truly loved. He had a deep passion for the game, and it's probably the sport he was best at. Um, terrific arm, he could hit, he could throw, and like I said, I mean, I, I, I we'll probably come back to it a lot here, but those leadership qualities that he had. I mean, you've been around tons of athletes, whether it's in the Red Sox locker room or whatever, and, you know, some guys just have that it about them Mm -hmm. that draws other athletes and teammates to them, and Pete certainly had that it about him. So when we're talking about Pete Frady's, it's it's, it's one of the great reasons why I'm happy. I'm happy you're joining me here tonight, Phil. And one of the great reasons is because – People look at Pete Frady's. I think a lot of people know him for the ALS stuff, which we're going to get to, which is just unbelievable. And like I said at the beginning, you know, I think that Buck was on to something, one of the most impactful athletes with this city, this region has ever seen. But to understand what he was uh, as as an athlete and how good he was and, and really it also tells the story about how this athlete, how this unbelievable athlete, the guy that you're describing, mm-hmm. how this this awful disease, you know, changed the narrative like basically overnight. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, mean you- within hours of getting the diagnosis, you know, it's March. I want to off the top of my head, I want to say it was March fifteenth, two thousand twelve. And I mean, you you hear this news. I mean, can you imagine? You're a parent. I'm a parent. You hear this about one of your kids. I mean, mm-hmm. your your world literally stops spinning. Now, was he axis. was he in college? He was out of college. No, he was out of school. Uh, you know, he had played, um, you know, some pro ball uh, after school. He'd gone to Connecticut. He'd been in the Hawaiian League. I know he played in the German Pro League mm-hmm. with his good uh, one of his best friends from the prep, Danny Haw. He um, worked as like a, uh, he set up the mentorship program at BC. He was their director of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same year that he ended up getting sick. And Pete was still playing in the Park League. You know, the year before he got sick, if I remember correctly, Pete led the Park League in hitting. Mm, really? And the next year, or maybe it was 2010, the next year he noticed he was having 
everything had always come natural to him, you know, picking up an 88-mile-an-hour fastball at the break of a off-speed pitch, these things. Mm-hmm. He was having more and more difficulty. So I think he wasn't diagnosed until March of 2012, but I think the signs of it were probably showing as many as nine months earlier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, he wasn't still playing ball at the time, but he had been he, – he was in the working world. You know, he was a regular guy who played ball at night. Mm-hmm. But he was having trouble, uh, you know, buttoning his shirts, yeah. you know, putting the buttons in. And yeah. sometimes when he drove to work, he would have to pull over and stop to, to compose himself and, like, come on, get with it here, guy. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to go do your thing. So all these things led up to that. When he got the diagnosis on that day, uh, you know, and I've been told this by his family several times, he was the one, while everyone else was obviously incredibly upset and wallowing and what are we going to do? And Pete says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to kick this thing's ass. I'm mm-hmm. not taking this shit. I- mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, he basically was like, today, we're, we're, we're going to figure out what we can do to make the absolute best of this. How can we find a cure? How can we let people know what ALS is? And how can we raise money to try and fight this thing? Mm-hmm. So that's where it started. So when you when the community found out you being immersed in the community, when that came out and the news came out that he had ALS, you know, I think that people have a fairly good understanding of ALS. Um, even back then, I would imagine maybe, you know, I know thanks in large part to Pete, yeah. but now, but, you know, even back then, I know that Schilling was, you know, a guy who raised a lot of awareness for it. Um, what do you remember about the community, about people like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. How long was there immediately? How long is he going to live? What's going to happen? Oh, yeah. 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 It, it was, you know, how could this happen to someone so young? You know, Pete's 27 years old at the time. You know, mm. he's in the prime of his life. He's a great looking kid. You know, he, he's an athlete. He's, you know, he's the next door neighbor. He's the son everybody wants. How could this happen to him? I think, um, you know, there have been a lot of great things written and said about Pete and all, but one thing I don't think gets nearly enough credit uh, that it should, if I can say so here, Mm. my colleague here at the Salem News, Matt Williams, Mm -hmm. who has been in on this from the ground floor, literally was the first person to ever talk to Pete about his ALS. Now, this was maybe three to four weeks after he had been diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can look it up in our archives, uh, Willie, as we call him. Willie did a fantastic job with this story, getting Pete to open up and saying all these things that I was just saying to you here, mm-hmm. how I'm not laying around. We, we have a plan. My family has gotten together, and we're going to figure out how we're going to mobilize and come up with fundraisers and, and get the grassroots campaign started and start a website and let people know what this is and what is ALS and how, uh, you know, there isn't a cure, but they're working on it every day kind of thing. So Matt, uh, Willie, Mm. really did a fantastic job with that. And then it kind of just spread. I I can remember that June being at an event. I think it was um, maybe a student-athlete banquet or something like that, something Mm -hmm. of that nature, at the Danversport Yacht Club. And upstairs was the first fundraiser they had for Pete at that time. Yeah, talk about irony, right? Yeah. And there were hundreds of people there. Now you think about... A guy uh, in Pete's position, you know, so he's popular in his hometown. You know, Beverly's 40,000 people. Sure. But he has that network at St. John's Prep, which has alumni all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then from St. John's Prep, you go to Boston College, which just makes that connection grow, you know. So he knows people Mm. all over the place, alumni and friends of his and, you know, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, all over the, the country. And people just came out in droves 
to support him because they loved him. And I think they realized, you know, this is something really serious. You know, this mm-hmm. is not just like Pete's got the flu mm-hmm. or Pete's having a tough time here with, you know, X, Y, or Z. This is a matter of life and death, and there's no cure for this thing. It's going to kill him if we can't work together to try to raise money and educate ourselves to find a cure for this disease. What? When did, obviously, like you said, you. Have to, it's funny to think the that first fundraiser, you know, it's upstairs or whatever, Danvers Port. Yeah. And then, um, and then obviously you have different fundraisers. I remember um, this was, he always had the, the plunge, Pete's yeah. plunge. Did you ever do that? I went to it. I yeah. chickened out. I was not brave. I did it. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I maybe. Got... I, I think I went with you. Yeah, you did. Was I, that so? Yeah, that, that I, so what I remember was he was standing. And was this the one where he he, he fell, fell down? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but but he wasn't in his wheelchair then or anything. I mean, he no, still... no. And I mean, this is I don't forget which year that was. It was but... December of 03. Uh, 13, I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's just to think, and I often thought about that about seeing him standing and. Obviously, you know, on the beach at Good Harbor, on the beach at Good Harbor, yeah, and 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 he was standing, and and he fell, you know, a little bit, and everyone sort of got him back up, and I, and he spoke, and and you know how you know, <laughs> you know, not a year later, it's it's just, and we know how the disease works, it's yeah. it's it's insidious, it's it's terrible, it ravages, yeah, really what it and it, yeah. and it's it's it can be like that, and um, so I remember that. And I remember the outpouring. You knew him a lot better. I didn't really know him. I got to know his parents, and I know I got to know his brother, which, John Nancy, Andy, yeah, and his sister Jen, yeah, and which was just such an awesome, awesome experience. All of them to talk to him at, at various things, and um, I, I got this chance to see Pete a couple times at Fenway Park and yeah. things like that. But I, that's what I remember that first instance at Good Harbor Beach. But you flash forward to. You know, of all this fundraising, it is the ice bucket challenge, which yes. is, you know, there's no way around it, Phil. I mean, this is when we look at this, and I went over to uh, Pete's Park, which is not yeah. too far from my house. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and so, but the important thing, and I meant this, is that, you know, we can talk about, we should talk all, everything to do with Pete, but passing on the story of how was one person impacted so much. Like my thing with charities is I'm always going to err on the side of if you can show me exactly what it's doing, then I'm going to probably get behind it more than anything. Yeah, Jimmy Fund, for example. I mean, yeah, what like, you guys you, do is amazing. You, well, you hear the stories, right? You hear the stories of Jimmy Fund, this yeah. helped this, and I wouldn't be here today without sure, that. right. But to, for, for the Ice Bucket Challenge – to do what it did in terms of the amount of money. How much money did it end up raising? $220 million. So $220 million. For a disease that a year and a half before that, probably 95% of the population might have only known because it was attached to Lou Gehrig's name. Didn't yeah. know what it was or no. what it you know entailed or anything like that. And and not just because it's Pete Frades of Beverly, of St. John's Prep, of Boston College, of... Boston, this I this is what I'm trying to get to with saying how we should pass this along, because I don't know if we will ever see something like this again, where you have this viral endeavor just go to the highest levels 
of every walk in life, whether it's the president of the United States, oh, yeah. whether mean, it's whoever. Bill it, Gates. Bill Gates. Uh, Oprah. Right. Uh, Michael Jordan. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, was, you know it, the Red Sox and mass, the Patriots. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's so it's to, to say that, you know, we will never see something like this again, I don't think is an overstatement. And I really did, not, this is, no, no, no one really cares about this probably, but when that year, when that happened, I thought that when we talked about the Sportsman of the Year thing for Sports Illustrated, it was yeah. just a huge swing and a miss for them because – and I forget who got it. Like, no offense to whoever got it. No, he ended up getting, like, Inspiration of the Year. Yeah, and, but but this is this was the opportunity. I floated that out there as kind of I like I like that. You were – yes. Yeah, you were, I floated that. I mean, and it's not to pat myself on the back. I'm just no, saying – I'm I, patting you <laughs> on the back. Well, I floated it out there because I thought – you wrote the column, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. And, and I'm like, and I read it. I'm like, you know what? That's dead on, dead on. Well, I just to me, it's like that's what this award is about. I mean, yeah, can you give it to Derek Jeter or Serena Williams? Of course, yeah. You know, I mean, but you can do that any year. That's not to belittle what they do, but I think Pete literally changed the world that year. Yes, you know. Yes, uh, I mean, hey, look, we live in a time and. You know, we've talked about this <laughs> before. In this age that we live where social media is instantaneous and uh, everybody knows everything in, in the blink of an eye. And, you know, one of the, the great downsides of social media is how snarky people can be. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just get, you know, this, this sucks. <laughs> no, you I know, have that no kind idea of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you, I'm sure you don't. You <laughs> get the sunshines and lollipops thrown your way <laughs> yeah, all the time, yeah. right? But... You know, it, it wasn't like that with this. Like, literally, everyone seemed to love Pete and get behind him. There was no, you know, why am I doing this? This is stupid. Like, this is a fad. It was none of that crap. It was just they did – people got caught up in it, and they did it. And, I mean, it was fun, let's face it. You know, like you're in the middle of summer, and you dump a bucket of ice on you, and it was mm-hmm. like – you, know, you can watch a collection of like epic uh, fails of people who like <laughs> fall off their balcony or whatever doing it. I mean, I just the other day I saw Tracy Bingham do it. I don't know why I stumbled <laughs> upon that, but yes, but yes, it was that was the you know it was just a perfect storm of everything. You're yeah. right, and and but then to to have it being entertaining and viral and memorable, all of that fine, but then to raise over two hundred million dollars. Which it, it's crazy, and that's why I come back to I just think they missed the boat. Whether it's, you know, whether it's Sports Illustrated, whether it's Time, whether it's whatever. Yeah, Newsweek. Yeah, I just feel like that people like, and it's not just because he's here, not just because he's a, a local guy. It's because you just don't see anything like this ever, and I, you won't. Yeah. You won't. I, I'll. You just won't. And I know that, you know, when Pete passes away, that's the first thing that jumps to mind. There's so much more. We've touched on the guy he grew up being. And, you know, there was, there was Pete Frady's after the Ice Bucket Challenge. There was yeah. Pete Frady's the husband and the father and the son. I mean, he uh, maybe not everybody knows this, but he was with Julie, who became his wife, mm-hmm. you know, before um, he was sick. You know, she went to Boston College uh, after he did and all. But... She, you know, she gets a million percent credit from me and from a lot of people because that's a tough situation to be saddled with as a, I mean, she was a a young woman at the time. I think she was still in her early 20s when this news came down. I mean, can you imagine just having that 
you know, this man no. that you I've thought about it every time, every time I see a photo. So the photo of them with their daughter. Yeah, with yeah. Lucy. And, yeah. and, you know, that was a miracle, too. I mean, she's born, you know, the, the entire month of the Ice Bucket Challenge is August 2014. Lucy is born August 31st. Mm-hmm. And I know they, they looked at it, and maybe it sounds corny, but it's like it was a miracle to them. Like yeah. she was meant to come on that day, you know, to wrap up the month, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, Julie deserves a ton of credit. Obviously, you know, I know a lot of people know his brother, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Andrew is literally, like, the most amazing guy. I mean, he, he is beyond what a brother is. Which And to, he, and people should know, he took over um, the foundation. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. P-Phrase Foundation, yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's hard to put into words, really, what, what Andrew has Ben to Pete, you know, it's more than a brother. It's more than like a caregiver. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, somebody who, you know, Peter was his hero, as he was to many people, but Andrew was there to do literally anything for him at any time. You know, he quit his job so he could help Pete. You know, and he took a job at St. John's Prep so he could be closer to Pete, things like that. Um, his parents, you know, John and Nancy, they both stopped, quit their jobs. Nancy gave that incredible TED Talk yeah. that, that's been on yeah. the internet that just – um, you know, she, she used, and, and I was so happy that she did this. She used words of Pete's when she goes, even now, and when she goes and speaks to, to large groups, you know, for, you know, as an inspirational speaker and all that Pete first said, when we invited him, as you have been, you know, we've had a lot of distinguished guests at our, um, student athlete oh, yes. of the year, uh, banquet here and <laughs> yes. little old Beverly I think Mass. You're going to power rank the yes. distinguished guest. I, it might be down the list. <laughs> well, you were up there, but, yeah. but Pete was our guest the year after he was sick. And that's where he, um, came up with, you know, he said to the student athletes and their parents there, you know, um, be genuine, be hardworking, don't be, don't be afraid to be great. Well, that's yeah, that's um, what they said today. And that, that's release, exactly right? what they said today, yeah. so that, that carried with them. Um, you know, Pete's sister Jen is older than him, and Jen and her husband Dan have three kids, and, she, you know, they both work, and she's busy, but she's been an integral part of things. And he's just got so many extended family members, you know, his uh, uncle uh, Arthur and his uh, – and, uh, Judy, who's Nancy's um, sister, and, you know, grandparents and friends and and colleagues. And it's just so many people work tirelessly to give to Pete to make all of this happen. You know, this this team freight train, this strikeout ALS, this Mm -hmm. bring awareness to everything. You know, you don't do that to somebody who is sitting in a corner just waiting to die. No. You know, you don't do that to somebody who's – hasn't already made a huge impact on people's lives with his personality or through his actions and things like that beforehand. You do that for somebody who is at the forefront uh, of, of a movement like Pete was and somebody who had already gained the love and trust and respect of so many people ahead of time. That's why, and this goes back to, if we can kind of circle back mm. to your point of how we're never going to see this again, mm. that's why, because there were already so many people that were in Pete's Corner. And it was such a movement. That's why I thought that the freight train aspect of it was great because it really was like a train mm-hmm. just flying down those tracks and constantly gaining momentum with new followers and more people doing the Ice Bucket mm-hmm. Challenge and more people donating and, and being made aware of this disease and how can I help and all these things. Well, the thing is, is that you know, I talk about passing this story along to generations. The ultimate way to do this, obviously, is for them to find a cure for the disease. Yeah. And, and when they do... 
you know, this is, I'm sure, the, you know, a, a doctor or doctors or scientists or, you know, they all get credit. But right at the top of the list is going to be this guy, Pete Frades. Yeah. Um, because let's be honest, you know, I, I don't have the exact money breakdown of what went where, but that's a lot, that's a lot of money that ALS wouldn't have had. ALS yeah. research wouldn't have. And, and my, he wasn't alone. I mean, you know, there was no, no, but, his buddy, Pat Quinn from Yonkers was a big part of this, you know, with Pete, Steve Gleason, obviously the former oh, yeah. Saints player. Yeah, but, you know, but, but, but my guess, but my guess is that, you know, you're setting in, you're setting, you're moving it forward at least a few years, right? Without question. Yeah. yeah. And and you're right. You're right. And two is I think that we've seen ALS of different stories. I saw the documentary Gleason, mm. Steve Gleason, which is such like if anyone really wants to get a a good idea of what the disease what happens with the disease disease because Steve Gleason used to play for the New Orleans Saints and he started filming himself before he got the disease and then and people knew of Steve because he blocked that punt in that yes. first post Katrina game. Yep. And he became like he was a, a hero. New Orleans hero. Yeah, right. I mean they made a statue of the freaking guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean for a block punt. And and then he, so they, he's filming this and he contracts the disease and he goes through it, the whole process. Right. And it's a really good look at like what not only what you have to go through, but the in the intricacies of the disease. Like, for instance, like he just carried up a mountain. Yes, and that dis- yeah. yeah, I remember that. So, for instance, you know, one of the things, one of the decisions that people with ALS have to make is, and I'm going to butcher this, but the trach trach thing, uh, the tracheotomy. You, yes, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you see this in Gleason, where you have to make a decision. You have to either get this and prolong your life. Or you don't get it, and you know what you know. You're basically saying, "I just don't want to deal with it." But I, with that comes complications, right? Certainly. Well, so this is the thing, and obviously Pete had this done, yeah, of course. But I think the importance, and we all came to understand this, wasn't only sure it was to stay alive to see his daughter grow up, it was to be around for his family and everything else. But there was also that element of to be around for exactly what we're talking about, yeah. and um, and that's it, it's hard, man. Like it, it's, well, I he was given a year and a half to five years to live. Really, yeah. And I mean, Pete lasted seven years and nine months after he was diagnosed, and he probably had the disease before then. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you might be talking eight plus years mm-hmm. that he battled this, what they call the beast, you know time and time again and trust me when i say this rob he cheated death on multiple occasions yeah. where he's in the hospital and it's like this is looking really bad this time and he just kept coming back not today not yet not happening so i mean he had that incredible fighter spirit not to trivialize it but it's like you know as an athlete you, you get mm. you get knocked down you get back up you know yep. you strike out three times you go up to hack on the fourth time kind of thing. Apply that to fighting for his life, and that's what he was doing. And that's when – it's almost when the news comes out today that this happened. And I know that you knew that he wasn't well for the last week or so. Yeah. Um, but still, you almost expect – he's like – you know, I know that when I – I always thought he was going to bounce back. Yeah. It sounds well, crazy. Yeah, well, I, I know. I mean, when I heard it, I was like – Really? Like, I actually, honestly, because we went through this before where there's sort of fake news. And so... Uh, uh, what, two and a half summers ago? Yeah. And yeah. so I 
I'm I'm looking around and I'm checking. I'm like, is this real? Is yeah. this real? Because you just, to your point, think he's going to bounce back. So no, I mean, I, I um, you know, I heard from his mom this morning that you know, and I, and I had been talking with her and Andrew for the last week or so, and um, you know, uh, she said she thought it was close, and I'm thinking, okay, well, hopefully he gets another day. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's. You know, listen, obviously, there's never a good time for this to happen, but you're a couple weeks before Christmas. Mm. He's got a five-year-old daughter. Um, yeah. You know, you just hope that Kenny hang on. And then when it looked like that wasn't going to happen, you just hope, you know, when I talked to his brother last week, they were watching the Bruins last Tuesday together. Like, that was a, a great thing that they love to do together. Mm-hmm. And I know um, they were planning on watching uh, St. John's Prep and the state Super Bowl the other night together. Yeah. Which... You know, when you think back on it now, maybe that was the last thing he was ever able to, to watch. You know, his, mm. his alma mater win a Super Bowl at Gillette, which which is, you know, kind of cool, I think. Mm. Um, but, yes, I, I when Nancy told me that this morning, I was just hoping let him have one more day. And, mm. you know, that didn't happen. And, you know, this is the funny thing. I think so many of us, maybe it's selfish to think, like, oh, I wish Pete was still here. I wish, you know, this didn't happen to him. I, I feel awful. This is terrible. You know what, man? Like... <laughs> When you get past the initial shock of like, holy shit, like he's gone, mm-hmm. and it just hits you like a ton of bricks, like it, it did today. You know, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I knew it was coming, and it still, you know, sure. felt like I, I can't believe this. Like he's gone. I try to remember something that Andrew told me, where it's like, you know what, Pete is he's he's free, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to deal with any of this shit anymore. There's no more pain. Mm-hmm. There's no more suffering. He can walk. He can talk. Hell, he can run. Mm-hmm. He can throw. And, and like Andrew said, he's probably organizing a you know <laughs> pickup baseball game up in heaven. Um, and, and you hope that he is. You yeah. know, I mean, you just hope that he's able to um, be himself again. Give me your give me your favorite memory. I would say that uh, whenever I saw him, and I uh, mentioned this in the piece that I um, wrote on Pete, um, it always struck me that people treated pete and, and this is no one's fault but when people were around pete you know like the, they have those what do they call them like russian nesting dolls yeah or the, the cupid dolls yeah. that people are always so careful with or the fabergé egg you know people would smile for pictures with pete and they'd you know be gentle around him in his wheelchair and all and that was you know certainly respectful and great i thought you know pete was such a guy's guy he was such a regular guy that I always thought to myself when I saw Pete, I'm going to break his balls mm-hmm. because I think his mind was still sharp as attack. You know, yes, he couldn't move his extremities. He was in that wheelchair, but he heard everything you said. Mm-hmm. So I loved to rib him when I saw him. Mm-hmm. And I use an example of uh, he was the Bruins fan banner captain, I think, in the 2018 playoffs before one of the games. So, you know, I see – uh, the van that they used to transport him in on the third level at the garden. And uh, I saw his dad, John, and we were talking and some of, you know, the, the wonderful people who were like the year round, I'm sorry, the 24 hour, well, yeah, I guess year round helpers at the house, you know, took care of Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's Pete in his wheelchair and all. I saw him when I went over, I gave him a hug and I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Hmm. You sucked at skating. What, what are you <laughs> going to get some pointers? <laughs> and of course he can't say anything, yeah. but like, his eyes kind of like flickered and we both looked at each other and laughed. And, um, you know, like I said, I gave him a hug. And to me, that's, that's what I like doing because I think it made him, I'm obviously putting words into his mouth yeah. here, but I think it, it 
made things normal for him. Like that's what friends do. Yeah, well, you saw you saw him on Twitter or social media of you know like you talk about the the, the false report that he had died. You know, yeah. him making light of it. You know, and yeah, and so uh, yeah, so I you know I'm, well that's why people loved him because he gave as good as he got and yeah. he. I honestly believe he he liked to be ribbed like that because it reminded him of how it always was. I'm sure, you know, we've both been in lots of locker rooms, both as players and, you know, journalists. And what do guys do? You know, when you're buddies with with your teammates or whatever, you break balls. Sure. Like that's that's a great part of being (laughs) an athlete and a teammate. So um, that's – if I can encapsulize a favorite story, that would be it for me, just the fact that – we could communicate through ribbing or I, you know, I was doing the ribbon. He was taking it in this case, but uh, I think there was like an understanding between us that like, Hey, this is great. You know, even a momentary thing. Well, there's going to be a lot of tributes and there's going to be a lot of uh, reflections, yeah. but I encourage everyone to go to the Salem news, Salem evening news. Thanks man. Um, to, to obviously check that out because, you know, a lot of people came to know Pete and know the Freddie's family, um, but as we said earlier in the podcast, you, you to understand from age whatever to now, like this is a complete story. This is, yeah. you know, we talk about Steve Gleason filming himself before he got disease. Well, you know, through the eyes of Phil Stacy, you were filming Pete Frady's, you know, from yeah. from Little League on. So, uh, uh, and, you know, people can still donate. Obviously, I know yeah. they. In lieu of flowers, they're, they're looking for people to you know donate money. Yeah, it'd be uh, great if you know if they could find something maybe not as big as the ice bucket challenge or maybe just resurface the ice bucket challenge and and at some point to to uh, add a memory of them i mean i haven't i haven't seen all the tributes and all the recognition you know i saw david ortiz responded yeah but i would hope that it really spread today for a lot of those people like we talked about who were involved in the ice bucket challenge to pop back up yeah. say, oh, yeah, you know, I remember that because it was a few years ago. Yeah. So that would be cool. I mean, I think it would be um, a wonderful way to remember Pete and, mm-hmm. the, and the legacy that he left. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry that you had to make your uh, Brad Show debut on this um, You know, on honestly, this occasion. I'm just honored that you chose me to talk about someone as, uh, as life-changing as Pete. And anybody who got to know him, uh, I'm sure, felt the same way I did. So thank you. Absolutely. And you get a free T-shirt out of it. Too. Oh, wow. Wee. <laughs> All right, Phil. Thanks. New on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat? We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. 
You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means high-visibility polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and not to mention they replace lost and broken shades. Shady Rays includes lost or broken protection on every new pair purchased. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose or break them, no matter what happened. See ShadyRays.com for details. Shady Rays offers free 30-day returns and exchanges so you can find the best fit for you. Try them, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America with your order, adding to over 20 million meals donated to date. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com MLB to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com MLB for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs. And try for yourself the polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 150,000 people.